Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, January 6, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, the obvious thing is what was in the news cycle this afternoon, which was the festivities that went on in our capital city, Washington, D.C., as well as other city capitals in parts around the country. So there there are riots slash protests, depending on who you listen to and what you want to believe. I don't think we know the true story, at least at the time I'm making this video, the news flow is still fluid. So here's what we're going to discuss. We're going to discuss the market and we're going to leave the news to the media, the news to your own opinions, the news to which news you want to watch, and we'll leave it at that. We're going to talk about the market, but we are going to discuss how and why certain news events impact the market and others really don't. For example, how come, based on what the news was today, if it really was bad, why did the market still finish up? Why didn't the market go down a lot? It's interesting. It's a phenomenon. What we're going to do is discuss the charts, discuss what happened on a variety of charts, and what we do is treat this as business as usual. Because as you know, if you've been around for any length of time watching my videos or listening to me, you know that I don't really care about the news. I think the news has its place. I think the news can be a spark. I think black swan events happen. I think all those things do impact the market to one degree or another. However, I think the market has destinations. It's going to get there one way or the other, whether it's on the upside or the downside. I think for the most part, 90% of the time, the news is a sideshow. And also the majority of the time, the news is after the fact. We're not going to get into that tonight. If you've been around for any length of time, you know how I feel about that stuff. Let's go to the charts, and I think you'll start to see exactly what I'm talking about, not only as we go through a couple of the SPY charts, but also when we get to inside the numbers and why a certain number was important and why the market hung around there for the most part all afternoon, at least in the latter part of the afternoon after the news hit. Kind of interesting and even in some parlance, somewhat fascinating. Let's talk about the daily chart. What jumps off the page? Well, to me, what jumps off the page is the new high made today. So here's what happened, and then we'll circle back to the news for a second. We had a breakdown candle on Monday. We talked about that at length. We know about that. Now, the market ran up to test the high of a breakdown candle. Is that odd behavior? No. Markets do that all the time. All time frames, all charts, everything under the sun. Stocks, commodities, major indices, it doesn't make any difference. All charts act and react the same way, so therefore we shouldn't be surprised that market ran up to test the high of the breakdown candle. Now, did we know that that was going to happen all in one shot? No. Did we know it was going to happen today? No. But the point is, as it's happening, we know what's happening. What's happening is they run up to test the high of a breakdown candle. Now, today they got higher than the high, significantly higher than the high. They went to break out to new highs, but then at the end of the day, they failed. So is this a failed breakout or did the market make an attempt to a new high, run a test of a breakdown candle high and close below the breakdown candle high it made the attempt on the first run? And I would say more often than not, when markets run up to test the high of a breakdown candle on the first run, it's unlikely to close above that high. Isn't that what happened today? Forget the news for a second. If you just look at the chart and you say, hey, 
Have we seen this before? And the answer is, sure, we've seen this plenty of times before. Now, further that, could the market still be building a bearish, wedgish kind of thing inside the breakdown candle? And the answer is absolutely, the market can still go down. The market is still vulnerable until and unless they close a day, at minimum of a day, above the high of that breakdown candle from Monday. That's it, period, full stop. You can have all the riots, all the protests you want, until and unless they close above it, it's vulnerable to the downside. If they do close above it, they'll continue higher, period, end of story. Here's a 240-minute chart. Let me pose something else and see how this wets your whistle. So on this chart, they actually closed above the high of the breakdown candle. So the high of the breakdown candle on the 240 chart, 275.45, that was the high. But this morning, on the first 240 candle of the day, ending at 13.30, that's 1.30 in the afternoon, for all those non-military people, the close was 276.13, that's a close above the high, now they've come back in. But here's the way I read this, and this is the type of stuff that's found in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. This is just one little snippet. To me, most of the time, not every time, nothing works every time, but a lot of the time, most of the time, however you want to say it, Closing above the high is a tip-off. So, for example, they ran up and closed above the high of a breakdown candle, but now they're below it. Is that a big problem, or is that normal garden variety market behavior? I will say it's the latter of the two, and here's why. Because this is another big breakup candle, and for them to consolidate, eat time off the clock inside of this breakup candle is normal garden variety market behavior, and by the way, they're above all the moving averages, so regardless of the news, once again, is there technically anything wrong with this particular chart? And the answer is no, this chart is very bullish. What happens if they were to close a 240-minute candle below the low of the breakup candle? 369.12, and by the way, 369, there you go again. We had that yesterday. It's not the first time we read the 369 story. They came within a stone's throw of 369 this morning before taking off, never looking back, rallying candle after candle after candle all day long until she topped out and that news hit and then she started to come down. I wonder if the protesters waited for price to get above the former breakdown candle high before really getting their festivities underway. I say that tongue in cheek obviously. How about the 120-minute chart? Same routine, they close above the high, now they're coming back in. However, all they're doing is eating some time off the clock inside of a big breakup candle. Fair enough, they do that all the time. They're above all the moving averages, technically absolutely nothing wrong with this chart. Hourly chart, big run up, above all the moving averages, pulling back a little bit, normal garden variety market behavior. Pullbacks, our normal garden variety market behavior. Now, let's take a look at inside the numbers. We're gonna look at the pre-market commentary. We're also gonna take a look at stocks on the move. We're also going to focus on a couple of important things that took place during the trading day that were cited inside the numbers. Again, focus not only on the opportunities, for example, did stocks on the move do well today? We'll get back to that later. But also we focus on things we can learn inside the numbers. Each and every day inside the numbers members get information, whether they realize it or not, that builds on itself 
They're learning each and every day. They're becoming better traders, whether they want to realize it or not. It's hump day. The futures had a pretty wide range overnight in the early going. They're again flirting with the big fat round number of ES3700. How will markets react against the result of the Georgia Senate runoff? Well, now we know some of that information. Quite remarkable situation going on in this country. Early thoughts. Let's talk numbers and stuff. So think back to this morning. We didn't have the protests slash riots going on. All we had was a market that was doing its thing after the overnight activity and we're business as usual. Within the overnight range, they've been all over the place. This should make for an active morning at minimum. Tech is getting hit. The IWM is screaming higher. That was interesting in and of itself. It's divergence du jour. The prevailing wisdom is on the back of the Senate flipping to blue. The overnight range has a low of ES 3685 and a high of 3734.75. This is just the pregame operation underway. We've got to get the numbers out there. We have to set the table or set the stage before the day gets going. We have to show up in uniform, ready to go. So you can pause the video and read the rest of the numbers for yourself. At the time, I'm thinking 372 would be a nice pop for the market. They went a whole lot more than that. But again, this is 8 o'clock in the morning. So you have to take some of this with a grain of salt, having not knowing the information that happened later in the day. This is right out of the gate early in the morning. Also, this is interesting too. So I posted this at 915. Last night, we looked at this chart, which is the 240-minute chart. Here's the same chart, including the overnight activity. So we have basically a bear flag thing going on, right? And guess what? That bear thing or that bear flag thing stays in effect until the market really gets wrong tool, until the market gets above the high of this breakdown candle. That was the deal. And here it is, until and unless they break this pattern, and that would break the pattern, Rallies are simply helping to create the pattern and send prices lower. So that's what was going on here. However, we have the benefit of knowing what happened after the fact, and we talk about this all the time. Once they broke this pattern and they got above the high, what they're doing is releasing the same energy that would have normally gone south, but it's being released in the northern direction. Where have you heard that before? So again, regardless of what's going on, it's important to understand what's going on. Regardless of whether you can trade it in real time or not, you have to understand what's going on. Again, it piles on the learning opportunities. Let's move along a little bit. You see 932, pretty unbelievable hit and run off Facebook, CrowdSource, or CrowdStrike, pardon me, Peloton, and Chewy. And by the way, that wasn't it. That was just by 932. The numbers work. We'll get to stocks on the move later. Low of day so far, 369.12. They're telling us 369 is still important. They can go lower, but it's important either way. They never look back. They just kept going. Now, here, aside from stocks on the move, I'm attempting a short trade in the SPY based on what I believe to be a pretty good resistance point. Well, guess what? It didn't work. Why didn't it work? Because we had a melt-up. I got a small pie in the face in the middle of a melt-up. I didn't know it was going to be a melt-up. I thought the market was going to run to a resistance point and pull back like it does the majority of the time. The setup was there. The numbers were there. It just didn't work. I got caught in a melt-up scenario. It happens from time to time. I'm not even that upset about it because there's nothing you can do when you get caught either in a melt-up 
or a trapdoor opening, you're on the long side and they just keep going down. It happens once in a blue moon. That's why we use stops. That's why we have numbers that say where we're wrong. Once the market goes there or closes candles above there, whatever the trade setup is at the time, if you're wrong, you're wrong, you cut and run and you move on. So I'm not afraid to put it out there that I tried a short trade early this morning, it didn't work, and that was it. I always say we have to take the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is an open book scenario here inside the numbers and with what I do across YouTube and wherever else. The reason I call it an open book, I'm not trying to hide anything. The numbers are the numbers. I tell everybody what I believe the market is going to do. I tell everybody what I believe the numbers are. If I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. This way you get to see the entire story. Back to business, 10.01, they closed above 372, which makes the trade idea on the SPY wrong. It's over for me. Can they still come back down? Yes, but the thing that was supposed to happen and that the trade was based on was wrong, and therefore the business decision was to cut and run. So let me explain that a little further, because I think you guys can take away something from this. And I don't mean to use the term guys, I know there's girls out there, it's a generic term. I think you traders can take away something from this. Here's the situation. You take a trade, doesn't matter whether it's long or short, but the trade in hypothetical terms is going against you. It's a bad trade. We start, we as a general rule of thumb traders, we start to think in terms of hopium. We start to forget about the reason for the trade and the fact that the market or with that stock or whatever it was, isn't doing what the intention of the trade was. Now we're trading on hopium. We're hoping it comes back to at least even or better, but we're not really focused on the fact that the thing was wrong, meaning I was wrong, the trade was wrong, it doesn't matter what you want to say, either way, it was wrong, so when it is wrong, you made a bad business decision, you need to cut the business decision, first loss, best loss, move on. That's successful trading. You have to keep your losses to a minimum, what do I always say? Lose small and fast if we have to lose at all. That's it. All right. Enough harping on the trade, let's move it along. Now they're just in rally mode, so I'm just picking out the numbers. They had candle after candle after candle going up without a pullback, so it's very hard for an analyst, for a trader, for anybody to get a handle on exactly where they were going. They really weren't giving any information. Closing candles above 372.50 opens the door for 373.35. We can save some time today and not go to the charts for every little nuance because you already know what happened. They just power forward until they turn. Here we go at 1040. This is what we discussed before, but inside the numbers members are getting this stuff early. They're learning early in real time during the trading day. Let's put it in perspective. What are they doing? They're climbing up the breakdown candles created on Monday. Multiple charts, multiple candles, they're climbing them. The top is all the way at the high, 375.45. At the time, they're less than a buck away. The trend is your friend until she dumps you. The trend was the dominant thing. The trend is really the force that's drawing the market up. It's the lead dog is the trend. All right, let's move it along a little bit. Now here's 1050. Most traders will want to short an all-time high thinking that they're going to get rejected. Will they just blow through 375.45? That was the high. Normally, no, but today they certainly can. 
not anything I'm interested in getting in front of. Here is an hourly chart and here's the old high and you can see what happened. They did blow through it. They really didn't have a reaction when they got there. They went a lot higher and if you're shorting that price, you're not happy up here. You're not happy a couple of bucks higher. You're already out of the trade. You got a pie in the face. So it was right not to try and short the market at double top. 11.25, they're still going, not interested in shorting this market. They're in no man's land at new highs. We know about no man's land. It's where there's no point of reference for resistance. Remember ES3800, it's back on the docket. Not today, but it's on the table. So here's the deal. Does that change based on the news event that happened this afternoon? And the answer is no, not until or unless they close below the low of those breakup candles. As long as they don't, the market is still in an uptrend, it's bullish, and that number and those numbers above there, for example, SPY 380 and higher, they're on the table moving right along. What you'll see from this point forward is the market was making new highs, we're not doing anything with it. Then the market turned on that news event and we're really giving numbers but not doing much with it because you don't want to get in front of that news event. You don't know how serious it will or won't be. The market gets in rodeo mode and what happens is they can gobble up a lot of points really, really quickly. If you're on the wrong side of that, it's not a lot of fun. So here's the deal. This we know, this is around 2.30. Closing hourly back below, and this is after the market turned already. You see 226, now we've got the capital lockdown news situation. So closing hourly back below 373.80 is a real fumble for the bulls and trouble. Normally there would be support if reached. This is before they got to 373.80. Here's a five minute chart, 373.80. Do we think 373.80 was important? Do we think 373.80 was support? The answer is yes, doesn't mean they won't give it up tomorrow, doesn't mean they won't give it up overnight, but it is important, it was important, and by 2.30 in the afternoon, we had the number. Doesn't sound like much, but think about this for a second. If you didn't have that number, so a lot of traders would have shorted the market and they would have got stuck right around 373.80, kept going lower, kept popping right back above. It would have been whipsaw Wednesday du jour. Just look at this 15 minute chart for argument's sake. Each candle went below 373.80, but by the close, closed above 373.80 until the last candle of the day. Doesn't matter what you know, what you don't know, who you are, this is interesting. This is telling you that that number is important when they keep popping back up and then all of a sudden, by the stroke of miracle, close below it at the end of the day. That's the market trying to tell us something under normal garden variety market conditions. It is what it is. Let's move along and take it into the end of the day where there's basically just some commentary and somewhat of a lot of the same stuff that we already went over. Pause the video, read the notes for yourself, see if you can learn something if you're interested in a tour guide during the trading day. Now, despite what happened with the S&P and the news and all that stuff in the afternoon, Let's check out stocks on the move. Let's have some fun. It's not every day. It is kind of rare that every stock I put on the board hits their number. We had a six shooter on the board this morning. All six hit their targets. Let's just go over the charts one by one. This is in no particular order. It's just in the order they're listed in my watch list. Peloton 
getting a haircut at the open, 142.25 was the number. As you can see, they come into the number. Minutes later, they're making a high of 144.97. That counts. It's a good trade. You can see the importance of the number. We move on. One for one. About CrowdStrike, this is in the Redonculus camp, 203.50 on the board bright and early. Need I say more, all the way back to almost $215 intraday. Two for two. And oh, by the way, the numbers work. Chewy, also in the Redonculus camp, haircut at the open, $90.79 is the number. They spike it through by a few pennies, making a low of $90.58. Turn right around, head back up in the other direction. $90.79 was the destination. That's it. Period. Full stop. The rest you can see for yourself. By 9.40 in the morning, they're already up at $95 and change. There's not a lot you could say about that one. Other than it was a rocket ride. You never know which ones are going to give you the rocket rides. And by the way, I'll make mention of this. Earnings season is just going to get started about a week or two. So guess what? This is just a preview. This is a prelude. We're going to get trades coming fast and furious during earnings season like we always do. How about this one? Not the greatest trade setup in the book. They really ate too much time off the clock and finally came into the number 161.85. But just to show you the numbers work. Four for four. How about workday? Another haircut at the open, 219 and a quarter was the number. It was a one and done. There was only one number here. It was either going to work or it doesn't. They came into the number, took a few minutes, turned around, went back up in the other direction. Same routine as all the other ones. It makes it five for five. And by the way, I'm not suggesting everybody could have taken all these trades. I'm just saying it's five for five. Back to the Redonculus camp, Facebook, 260.01. Look at low of day. 260.01. I realize many traders probably didn't or couldn't get filled at that number, but this just goes to show you the numbers work. And by the way, that's six for six. Pretty remarkable. All these numbers are on the board long before the market opens for business. What's going on over in Camp IWM? How about this breakout? This is my favorite market leading indicator, and the favorite market leading indicator was up over 4% today can't take that lightly. You have to understand that this is not the norm. Look at the volume. It was up on volume. It had institutional participation. That's conviction buying. It's unlikely that's the end of the move. How do we know? We have to wait for a sign or signal of a reversal, and that goes for any market. Where do you find those signs? You find them in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. How do we use them? We use them by them giving us something to trade against. For example, if we get a signal, a sign or a signal of a top, for example, we have something to trade against. We know that if the market closes above X, then the trade is wrong. We have to move out. We would have lost small and fast if we have to lose it all. There it goes again. When you're in the trading business, you're in the risk business. You have to be willing to put on risk, which means you're willing to risk capital. That's just part of the business. We're not going to be right on every trade. And when you're trying to short a market at new highs, and I'm not saying we are, I am, or you should. I'm just saying if you are, sometimes it takes multiple attempts to get it right, which is one of the reasons why I don't like to short new highs. I don't typically short new highs, at least until I have a signal. That's right. A sign or signal of a trend change gives me something to trade against. Do we have that here in the IWM? Absolutely not. 
It's bullish in an uptrend until further notice. What if they come right back in below the former high and start trading below that and closing hourly below that tomorrow, for example? Well, A, that would open the door for the gap. It would open the door to breach today's lows. And B, it would be a failed breakout. But that's not what's happening today. It's not what happened right now. I'm just saying if that did happen, we'll address it then. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Now, we've been talking about this every single night. We've talked about this bearish flaggish kind of pattern came into the 50 period moving average and i said that this gets broken if and when or if they get above the high of the last breakdown candle well guess what that's what happened today and i said that that would put them over the 20 period moving average and it would change things now they're right back to around the old highs is there anything wrong with this tape now absolutely not they're above all the moving averages the trend is up there's nothing wrong with the transports they took a little sabbatical they worked off a little bit of an overbought condition maybe and you know how i hate that term but it is what it is when you look at the weekly chart what have they been doing they've been eating time off the clock going sideways for several weeks that's it nothing more nothing less all this on the daily chart if you're looking at a weekly chart then you're looking long term on the daily chart all this is just a sideshow that's it from a weekly chart perspective you're saying as long as they stay above 12,000 I'm good below 12,000 I'm gonna raise an eyebrow rally might be over above 12,000 she's in bull mode the trend is your friend period full stop and by the way that's not the first time you heard 12,000 on the transports about the folks out in Silicon Valley how about divergence de jour still down three bucks today this is not the same chart they gave up the 20 period moving average again so now they've been back and forth around the 20 so it's not the same as it was before doesn't have the same importance we're still using 30350 as a bogey back below 30350 trouble in paradise staying above 30350 no problem the long term is up the long-term trend is up. It's bullish. The trend is your friend. The weekly chart always puts everything into better perspective than the daily chart. The daily chart is somewhat of a sideshow from time to time. Smash Mouth made a new high today, came in, finished down 68 cents. I don't know that we're going to make a federal case out of that. They're above all the moving averages. If we see a bigger move, that's a tell. The SMH would be a tell against the tech sector. But it's interesting that the Qs were down today. SMH was up most of the day. It's a divergence. And we did have, as I noted this morning, divergence du jour. Should without a doubt be an interesting day on Thursday. We'll be here in uniform, ready to go early in the morning for Inside the Numbers members. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.